Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how we can give someone false assurance. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about the danger of assuming we are right with God or allowing others to assume that when we don't know. You know, every Christian has a weighty responsibility on their shoulders, especially uh, preachers and teachers and elders, but it's not just limited to them. We are all doing work that has eternal consequences. Our relationships and how we use them can help lead someone to heaven or to hell. And we can't save people, of course. Only Jesus can do that, and only if the person is willing to give their life to him. So as hard as we might try, we may never be able to help some of our loved ones obey the gospel. But How negligent would it be on our behalf if out of timidity, we allow someone we love, our neighbor, to think they are okay when they're not? Or how foolish would it be if instead of taking a hard look in the mirror, I ignore my unrepentant sin and rest on a false sense of assurance? And that's a deeply troubling thought to me. And what's upsetting about it is I think it is rarely done purposely. I don't think there are many people who want to rely on false assurance. They want the real thing. They don't want to give false assurance to others either. But in a number of ways, we often inadvertently do. And that's what I want to discuss today. How do we perhaps unknowingly falsely lead people or ourselves to believe that they're all right with God without the confidence that comes from what the Bible says? Well, first, and I think foremost, we assume We assume that the people around us already have heard and understand the gospel, and now the ball's in their court. It's up to them to choose if Jesus is going to be their Lord and master or not. But the fact is, we can take others' understanding for granted, and even our own understanding for granted. Maybe someone seems like they know about Jesus. Maybe they even know many of the implications of the gospel. They know they should be faithful to their spouse. They know they should be generous and loving and peaceful. They know all these implications of the gospel. And because they know all of that, we assume they've heard the gospel, that God loved us enough to send his son into the world so that those who are willing to make him their Lord could be redeemed from sin. And so they live that way. But don't settle until you are sure your neighbors have heard that good news and understand the response it demands. Death to this old life and rebirth into the new. Open up God's word with your neighbors and make sure they hear the gospel from you. Don't assume they already know it. Secondly, we allow false confidence to build up when we treat the true confidence of salvation lightly. You know, the Bible tells us, uh, namely in 1 Samuel 16, that people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I can't know the full extent of your relationship with God. That's true. Only God knows your heart. But Christians are required to make something like an educated guess every single day. Yeah, I want to read a passage from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. He writes, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. 
For the Lord himself will ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord and the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. It's so hard to just limit myself to one section, talking about the great confidence Christians should have uh, for the day that, that Jesus returns. But this one illustrates my point. Paul says, comfort each other with these words. Yeah, but these words, they're only comforting, they're only encouraging for those in Christ. Therefore, Paul is telling us we can have a pretty good idea of who is in Christ and who is not. We can know who this is. And when we know that, we should build each other up in that great hope that we have. You know, when we call someone brother or sister, that is meant to give others assurance of their salvation. It is a corporate seal of approval by the church on someone's claim to be a disciple of Christ. And when a congregation embraces someone that way, they declare as far as we can tell, and by the knowledge and the wisdom given to us by the Holy Spirit through his word, you are one of us. And that should be a tremendous step. And we should never take that role of righteous judgment lightly. In fact, the biblical prescription for church discipline is the removal of that fellowship. The relationship we share with others, the confidence it gives them, should be so powerful, so meaningful, that it should be an eye-opening change when it is removed. But when we take our fellowship lightly, when we undermine the true confidence that we should have by encouraging each other with our great hope, then we make room for false assurance. A third way that we allow false confidence to creep up is by basing our salvation on just some past action alone. You know, the gospel demands a response. You can't hear and believe its words and remain unmoved. When Peter preached Jesus to the crowds at Pentecost, they asked what they should do, and Peter replied what? Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You know, when Philip uh, was led by God to talk with the Ethiopian eunuch about Jesus, the Ethiopian, uh, he opened up Isaiah, and Philip taught him what it meant, and he said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And into the water they went. When we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we grasp what that means, we must respond. And when we obey the gospel call, we can have the assurance that our sins are forgiven, that we receive the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have this new relationship with God and a promise of hope and love and joy and peace and so on. Baptism represents the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. And when we die to our sins in those waters, we rise up as a new creation and as bold and confident followers of the Son of God. You know, some have suggested innovations to that Bible command, a, a sinner's prayer, uh, simply placing your membership at a church, but those can't provide the hope of the gospel. They give us confidence, yes, but unless we listen to God and how he wants us to respond to the news about his son, then that confidence isn't built on a firm foundation. And water alone will not save us either. Otherwise, a good swim would have been enough for us. We are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by the blood of Jesus. So just because someone was once immersed in water doesn't mean that they have submitted 
their whole lives to Jesus or that they're walking faithfully with him now. You know, the scriptures, they're full of dire warnings to those who would embrace sin or leave the faith. And those warnings are there for a reason. They're there for Christians too. They're true. And they're there because God loves us and he wants us continuously by his side. You know, Christians, we should have a tremendous confidence. That is the essence of faith. But we must be sure our confidence is based on a firm foundation, the word of God. Root yourself in that. Don't assume, but turn to God for wisdom. Turn to God for guidance. Rejoice in true confidence. And remember that our faith is a daily walk, not a momentary action. And then you'll be able to go into this world boldly and with the confidence that Paul shared with the Thessalonians. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down, studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. And I'm so glad that you did that with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.